Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hey guys, thanks for being back with us. Thanks for joining us last time for the live podcast. That was really cool. So many great questions, and it's always really funny to be on live. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for watching, guys. Welcome back. The 300ZX has been released Yes, just after the 928S video. Mm-hmm. So both of those, the intro videos and our drive home, our respective mm-hmm. drive home in yeah. those cars, and an introduction to this next long-term series. So that is on the main YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. That's where you'll be able to find that series. But we're also doing two TV episodes featuring these cars, Mm -hmm. which is going to be a lot of fun. So we've got our entire season 10 plan. We're just now finishing. We've got about half halfway through, you know, that much more to finish up shooting for a season 10. And those cars are going to be featured as well. We're going to do some crazy cool road trips with those cars. I'm getting very excited and we're about to leave. You'll probably hear some, some remote podcasts because we've got some driving to do. That's true. There will be remote podcasts, but we've got uh, road trips and and that's what these cars are for. Mm -hmm. I'm realizing there's no point in owning either of these cars unless we just put miles under Absolutely. their belt. Well, especially considering they're both such GT cars anyway. Yeah. It's not they're like we're going to run them down to the local track and cage them. We need to take them somewhere. We yeah. need to get them out. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, our topic Tuesday today comes from Dominic M., who writes to us, trying to experience as many fun, fast, interesting cars as possible. Mm. And as a young enthusiast, Dominic is extremely lucky to be able to own his attainable dream car and would love to keep her forever, but he doesn't tell us what that car is. You noticed that omission, did you? A little yeah. frustrating. Um, hi, uh, Dominic, what the heck are you currently driving? Why didn't you tell us? Yeah. <laughs> he says on the other side of the coin, as an enthusiast, he wants to experience as many fun, fast, interesting cars as he can before he dies. He says young enthusiast, a few decades, which tells a lot me of you're probably in your 20s. <laughs> Do, is there something we're missing here? You got a lot of time here, man. <laughs> Our thoughts, please, on keeping a dream car that you love and keeping it forever versus consistently trading into different cars and not necessarily trading up to more expensive cars, which I'm glad you've caught on to that, Dominic, mm-hmm. because we have consistently talked about trading cars. That doesn't mean each subsequent car needs to have cost more. Absolutely not. Or be, be more be powerful or right. be more whatever. Just get something you like. Right. He says he's interested in cars across all price points, but he wants to experience as many of these as possible, assuming you're not in a position to amass an entire collection. <laughs> yeah, th- that is a fun thought, mm-hmm. but having an entire collection, it sounds crazy, but yeah. putting miles on those cars, which they need to consistently yeah, be driven, yeah, yeah. it's hard. Well, that's one of the things that this first struck me when I was reading this, Dominic, is that we all, kind of the collective car lovers that are all here for this podcast, and we are your people, and thank you for listening, we all kind of believe that we want a car collection. And you and I have joked a million times that if we all had unlimited space, unlimited money, we'd all be Jay Leno. And I agree with that sentiment still. But what's funny is now that you and I have had multiple cars in rotation at a time, like I just recently had the Z4 and the 300ZX and the Lotus and my wife's Cayenne. And I realized that those four cars already were beginning to cause me stress (laughs) because you do have to have insurance for all. And then storage for all. Like, where are they sitting when they aren't being driven? When you're driving any of those cars. When I would drive the Z4 and the 300ZX was home and so was the Lotus, I was loving being in the Z4. Yeah, I would drive yeah. my wife's Cayenne somewhere for a family thing or just whatever. It was all three of us. And just think, this is great, but I've got those other three cars sitting at home. Yeah. So th- there yeah. is the question of what happens to every one of these cars when you're not driving them? 
What's the maintenance to keep them running? Mm-hmm. Our great friends at Griot's, they've got like, I've heard, somewhere in the neighborhood of 80-something cars. And when we go visit them, they're excited to get exercise for them because so many of them just sit. Mm-hmm. Because if you have 80, 100, whatever car, but you know what? I had this struggle with four. Okay, so <laughs> There's more people at Griot's to be able to totally. take care of Absolutely. cars and get them out and, and do various things to so it. So this is the, real, the flip side of the collection is that it took me having four cars. It sounds insane. It took me having four cars to realize that you start to go, what happens when I'm not in it? Starts to become yeah. a much bigger concern. So the collection idea sounds really cool, but what I'm surprised to discover personally is that there is a level of freedom in swapping cars out. Yeah. This is my experience yeah. for now. And you know what? That experience is awesome, and here's the things I like and I don't like, and I'm going to be very objective about it, and then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let that car go and let that experience go so I can get a new experience in that slot versus let's just stack them down the drive. (laughs) That's true, but you lose access to those prior cars. When you let it go, you you lose access to it. Which is hard. Which is heartbreaking to some degree. I recently came across a photo, Dominic, of when I picked up the 928, and I Mm. picked it up. A year, a full year before even introducing it, because we didn't want the focus to be taken off our cheap sports cars. Yeah, if I had yeah. suddenly said, oh my gosh, you know, I got, you know, people would have been confused. And, Wait, I thought you guys were driving the, <laughs> the two cheap sports cars. I have a Mercedes, but have you seen my 928? So I came across the photo when I had not yet gotten rid of the Maserati. Mm. The Mercedes had just come and I had just driven the 928 home. So I had four cars in the reddish burgundy color. Yes, you did, including your expedition. And the Cayman. Yes. And I came across that photo and I thought, what have I done? (laughs) Really? That's that's me? Like Mm -hmm. The Maserati was slated to go away. The Mercedes had just come in and I didn't want to reveal a 928. So it was just, it was all moving parts. But I have lost access to the Maserati and the SLK. Yes. Don't have those in my life anymore. True. Do I care? Not really. <laughs> I, we've had a good good run with both those cars. Yeah. We had a year with yeah. both of them. And I don't mind that they're out of my life. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, amassing the collection wasn't worth it. It's not mm, worth it. It's just, it happened to be for the purposes of the show and purposes sure, yeah. of video series, which is fine. It's just kind of how it worked out. But there, there was just that magical like... Yeah. 10-day window and all the cars were still in my possession. I went, I have a collection. What have I done? <laughs> you have a the burgundy collection, no less. Yes. It was the weirdest feeling. But yes, if you get rid of cars, you don't have that in your life. You don't have that driving pleasure in your life, but that might be okay. Well, and you and I are currently walking down memory lane and going, if you find one that was an icon, you can also go back. You can absolutely. You can have life experience that tells you that brings you back around to you know what I should get again now. If those have skyrocketed in value, you might lose your window theoretically, but you can't shop thinking that way. You know, this question made me think of you and the Elise because you've Mm. talked about the Elise being a forever car potentially. Yeah. Because they are such a rare, you cannot find this driving experience on anything really. Yeah, 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 very rare. So I, I suppose they'll always be out there for sale, but they're not. You know, the the later models are not coming into the U.S. Mm -hmm, It'll mm -hmm. take a long time for a 25-year gray market to be able to import those. I don't see you getting rid of the Elise for a long time. I see it being just, you know, as part of the collection forever, at this point at least. Yeah. I mean, and certainly your son will scream bloody murder if that ever leaves your life before he turns 16. Totally. Even able to drive it. He referred to the 300 the other day, the 300ZX the other day, as my first car. And I went, I'm sorry, what now? (laughs) Record scratch. Yeah, I I don't think so, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Dominic, 
I love that you're interested in doing this. And I love that your headspace is in the right place because no, the next car does not have to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. There's a string of GR86s and Supras and Nissan Z cars and mm. Caymans. Mm. And then go back, all the used stuff. You could you could find an entire driving life in cars that cars of the past. You're right. That's a good point. That yeah. could be fantastic. And you mm-hmm. could trade in and out of them. And why not? It doesn't always have to be the newest, shiniest thing, but that's what the internet runs on. Yes. Is the newest, shiniest. Yes, I don't know if you've noticed, in but there's any a new... category. <laughs> yeah. Not just cars. So I like your headspace. And it just means you're giving yourself permission to let that car go. Because you said here, even though we don't know what it is, you're extremely lucky to be able to own your attainable dream car. Mm. Dream car, that verbiage suggests it's never going away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, once you've sampled the dream, once you've tasted it and lived mm. with the dream, will you let it go? Will you let it out of your life? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm doing the very same thing right now, considering letting the Cayman go. Whoa, Okay. I've not really talked about it up to this point, but I've been you know, <laughs> chatting with uh, various people about it and just okay. thinking I've had it for over five years, if you can believe it, maybe yeah. 2016. Yeah, and it's in pristine, gorgeous shape it. for whoever might be next. Brilliant. What about what's next? Mm. What is next? Mm. I'm thinking about letting it go. Wow. Seeing what I can get for it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be greedy, but you know, it has value. And The market for those cars is excellent right now. It's yeah. excellent. Yeah. And it doesn't have very high mileage. Yeah. And it could. it's in sapphire blue. Not trying to sell it right now. <laughs> Nevertheless. <laughs> Somebody <clears throat> will be writing to us, which is good. This is all good. Yeah. I've been thinking about letting it go. And that's tough for me to think, huh, life without a Cayman. Mm. Do, I just, do I just get another Cayman? Is that the solve? Maybe not. Mm. But we have so many other cars to drive. And yeah, I realized, yeah. Dominic, that, you know, between Todd and I and the, and the kinds of cars that we have access to and are able to drive, there is that part of us that is fed. Absolutely. That yes. does get satiated yes. by mm-hmm. even a week in some kind of press car or even a TV shoot. Mm-hmm. We come away thinking, all right, driven that car, know what it's like. Yeah. I either really want to aspire to own it someday or, you yeah. know, got to what, drive it, got to give my opinion. But all right. We're blessed with constant new experiences. We definitely have that that benefit for sure, yeah. I do get that. But ultimately, Dominic, you've got to give yourself permission to be able to consistently trade. Mm -hmm. And that does come down to budgeting for that. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. you said consistently trading, tax, title, and license will get you, man. Yeah, that's fair. You're right. Cause problems with your (laughs) wallet because it's not cheap to just consistently trade in and out. Just tax on you know buying yeah, new cars even right, right. $25,000 it's not nothing yeah you're right so you've got to really set aside a budget not just for the car itself but for the turnover and changing insurance and all that kind mm, of stuff mm. there's something to be you know said for that so if you can amass an entire collection that's lovely but your costs go way up than yeah. just owning the cars yeah. because now you have to have a place as you alluded to yes to store it they all hang out on battery tenders, sucking on juice together. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And maintenance, and they just need to be driven. Cars in general don't like to sit. Yeah. They need to be driven. You need to hire people to just drive them, or <laughs> you know, YouTubers to just drive your cars, the put long, miles on them. The longer they sit, the worse they tend to get. They you're do. Right. Yeah, you're right. And just maintenance for everything, and a blanket insurance policy, mm. and upkeep for any little thing that goes wrong. Oh, collections are expensive. 
dominant. If you can, I say wonderful. Yeah. Yes, because then you have access to all those driving experiences all the time, mm-hmm. all at once, anytime your little heart desires. But this is the struggle anytime I see somebody with a killer collection is I really do. I, I've come to a place, and maybe it makes me just cynical, but I've come to a place where when I see somebody with a fantastic collection, I really do have the thought, when do you drive these? Now, Jay Leno has a whole process. And you probably heard us talk about it before. Jay has people too. <laughs> Jay has people. But when he used to work at the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. he actually had a process. He would leave his house in the morning. Yeah. And I think it may have been you that told me this. He would leave his house in the morning and he would call his guys. That's right. He had guys, plural, yeah. at his garage that kept all the cars running and wonderful. And he would say uh, the McLaren P1. He was in, I don't know, the BAC Mono, let's say. He would say the McLaren P1. And that would be their indicator for, or one of his weird steam cars or whatever. He would call something out. That would be their indicator for, okay, we have until mid-afternoon to get that car prepped. And they would pull it out and get it running, make sure it was running. And then he would go to the Tonight Show and do his gig. And then he would drive to his hangar at the Burbank Airport, pull in whatever he was in, hop out, get in the thing he'd called about that morning and take it home. And whenever he was done with it, which could be tomorrow or could be a week from now, he would call and do the process again. But again, he has people and storage. And now he goes to his garage and does the Jay Leno's Garage videos for YouTube. Right. So he has right. reasons to be there. So he has other reasons to to do the cycle anyway and keep swapping his cars. Most people with collections, and I'm talking high-dollar collections now, don't even have that process I've just mentioned in place. So yeah, cars will sit to drive them for months, for years, and they can say they have them, but they haven't driven them. That is the weird thing. I never thought about collections until I had four cars, and then I went, <laughs> this is an issue, which is crazy. But Dominic, the big thing I'm I in was, love with that thought, though. It's cool. Because you have it. Yes, you of course. Have we all the cars. like that. There they are. We all like that. But to force yourself to go drive those cars, yeah. it's Tuesday, and you're going to lunch with a friend, and I could just jump in the runabout or the truck mm-hmm. or the whatever is out front. That's the temptation. Or I could get that car out. It's mm-hmm. a process. It's an event. Mm-hmm. That's the temptation. That's really, really hard. So the big thing I want to say to you, Dominic, look, these are not real problems we're discussing. <laughs> but the big thing I want to say to you here is you need to give yourself the freedom to not have forever car expectations yet. Oh, you don't, haven't yeah. told us how old you are. You haven't told us what car this yeah. is. but. I don't think you're at a place where you can be thinking forever cars yet. No. No. Maybe I'm going to give you a give you a different way to look at it. Maybe they're icon cars for you. Maybe they're like pivotal moment cars that okay. you kind of okay. you kind of put a pin in them in your mind when it goes away and you think I might come back. I mean, let's mm. be honest. This is exactly where, where you and I are right now. I, I mm. think there's nothing wrong with having iconic cars that you may return to, but you've walked away. In that same way that, okay, a kid grows up in a great life, Park City, my son lives here, grows up in a great life, but you know what? When they get to college age, they should probably move away. Yeah. Now, they might come back. Sure. I know tons of people that wherever you were from, you came back to where you grew up. Sure. But you had to leave first. And I think that's what we're talking about. You may come back around to this car that you have right now and think it's awesome. You may come back around with, like I have with the 300ZX and get the better one. The more pristine one, which is cool, which is cool. I'm thoroughly enjoying that right now, but I want to really free you up from any kind of forever car thinking right now, because I think it's too early in your car experience based on what you've told us. Dominic, write to us and let us know what car cars that you're interested in, not Mm -hmm. just the one you own now, but you know, do you have a list of things? Do you have a strategy for going after it? Because just like taking a vacation, just like, you know, going on a road trip for the weekend, getting out with family, whatever. That takes effort and planning. Yeah, yeah. So what is your list, Dominic? What is your list 
in order, in no order whatsoever, in price, you know, categorize it however you want. Mm. But what is that list that you want to aspire to? So fun, fast, interesting cars. A fast, interesting car is a Fiesta ST. It's kind of fun. Or Maybe it doesn't need to be in your life, though. Yeah. Or an Alpha Julia Quadrifolio yeah. is all of those things. It's and those fast, cars couldn't be more different. Interesting. Yeah. Do you really want one? Mm. So what mm. is your plan to hold on to this car? And will you stick to your plan? Mm. I think that will help you rather than letting life come at you like many of us do. You know, I'm, I'm suspect to that very same thing. You know, when you need a car and you just need to buy one, fine. You get a car. And yeah. You get yeah, what yeah. fits your life at that time. But then there's not a deliberate plan to, when am I going to get out of this car? We all have the plan to get into one. It's when we need it. (laughs) I need an SUV. The plans changed. The family grew. Whatever the need is. But to get out of that car, does anybody ever make an exit plan Mm. for their car? Mm. I don't think so. It's hard. It's hard to think, Mm. yeah, my life without that car. What what does that look like? Because I don't know what's going to fill that gap. I don't know what's going to fill the void. So what's your exit strategy out of each car? That's a different way of looking at it rather than we all want in. We all want the in. That's <laughs> yes. what creates collections. Yes, for sure. Bring all the cars in. I'll figure out where to store them. <laughs> Friends, family, and fools. <laughs> I'd like that I'll car lean too. lean on their garages. But out? Out. That's a weird feeling. You know, this reminds me, I'm going to tell the story on Nate, who does the cycle report for us and is one of our writers on, on, <laughs> okay, and very right. involved in us. But yes. and, and we love all that Nate's contributions. You've heard him on the podcast. I'm going to tell his story right now. Awesome. Because he had an FRS that he bought new. Yeah. And he had it for six or seven years. He had it for a long time. He did everything it's you could pretty much family. do to it. And and he autocrossed it and tracked it. And he, he is the savant now for what you can do to one of those first generation 86s with his FRS. And he started to realize, I think I'm reaching the end of my life experience with this car, which I was shocked to even hear. Wow, but he yeah. said, I think I'm reaching the end. Yeah. And he wanted to get something that was similar in dynamics, but just a little more and a little different. And so he did two things at once. He tried to sell his FRS and ended up selling <laughs> it, interestingly enough, to one of the patrons of the show via Discord. So cool. It you, finally happened. Yeah, you've joked forever about it let, finally let's, happened. let's build that kind of stuff, but it's happening on Discord now. So he actually sold it to somebody else that is a fan of the show that follows Discord that is one of our patrons. So that transaction happened entirely over Discord, which is really, really cool. But in the interim, he went and Turoed, and this is an article on our site if you want to read it, everydaydriver.com under the writings tab. You can read about him renting a C6 Corvette mm. just to see if he liked it at all. Because he thought what he wanted was a Grand Sport, but he knew that Turo wasn't going to have a random Grand Sport. So he went and rented just a base, I mean, like the worst spec, base automatic, pretty much my dad's car, base (laughs) automatic C6 Corvette. And he just (laughs) rented that to see, do I like this at all? And it checked so many of the boxes of what he wanted for his next car, which was less of a track rat and more of a do-it-all. Because the FRS by the end was like he couldn't take date, date nights out in it. It was just yeah, it was too hardcore at that point. True, true. So he wanted to still be like a date night car, but also be a I could drive cross country, which of course the FRS had now become too much of a track beast for that, and also could take it to the track. He wanted it to be more versatile. So the the Corvette experience checked so many boxes that he went, this is what I want. So this was very meticulous. You're talking about plan. He realized the FRS should go. He found someone to buy it. He test drove what he thought he wanted. That base Corvette told him enough about what he wanted that he has just recently bought himself a Grand Sport. He flew to where it was and drove it home, and he is happy as can be. 
So thrilled. And his so friends thrilled. bought him white sneakers and jean shorts. So his friends did, which is awesome. <laughs> so he, so he's, he's leaned in. But I am, I am proud of you, Nate, and I'm impressed with you, and I can't wait to see that car. But the, the reason I thought of it right now is not because it just happened, but because of what you're saying, Paul, about the exit strategy is key. At the very upper end of the scale, Dominic, when we see cars go across the auction block for absurd money, mm. give an example from 2018, the Seattle collector who sold the Ferrari GTO, mm. 44 million or 48 million. Or it was insane. Whatever. Yeah. At that level, it's just <laughs> slops <laughs> over the side of the bucket. It's right? no money. Who cares? No money. <laughs> 44 million. It's, yeah, no whatever. Money. Yeah. Can I hear 45? Why not? We're here. You'd think a wealthy person like that mm-hmm. aspires to own that car. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you've got it, why on earth would you ever sell that car? Mm. And yet. He did. He yeah. was done with it. Yeah. A almost $50 million. Car. That's so bad. Why don't you just hang on to it? Will it to your heirs? Yeah. You know, it's keep it in the family. Yeah. It's just going up from here. You know, keep it. Yeah. But no, he was even done with that car. That's a good point. And the point. exit strategy was to auction it off. <laughs> Which and went then, quite well for him. Did yes. he need the money? Well, clearly not. Yeah. So it wasn't about money at that point. He was just ready to let it go. It didn't seem to be health issues. It didn't seem mm-hmm, to be anything mm-hmm. else for just, I'm ready to let it go and exit my life. And this is a man who could afford a huge collection and already does yeah, have quite yeah, a collection. Yeah, could have kept it for sure. He certainly could have. And yeah. yet, even at that upper level, mm-hmm. so it almost mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter at any any point anymore. It's about what you like to have in your life and what you don't. And if you're done with that car, you can let it go. Just as a Ferrari GTO owner let that car go, that seems inexplicable. Why would you? Why would you sell that car? People yeah. are trying, yeah. you know, desperately mm-hmm. to not only afford it but try to acquire one in their life. Mm-hmm. And finally, you've got it, and you just let it go. And wow. yeah, you're that right. That was it. That plays exactly what we're talking about. It's fascinating. If you park outside during cold months, overnight at home or at work, you need a car cover from Covercraft. We specifically recommend the Custom Weather Shield HP Car Cover. It's designed for dramatic water dispersion while still being breathable and super lightweight. It's also got superior paint finish protection too. On the underside, it's less abrasive than flannel. Our cars are an investment. From our personal fun cars and SUVs to our cheap sports cars, Covercraft is focused on protecting all of them. And whatever car, SUV, or truck you love, they want to protect that too. Whatever sunscreen, dash cover, or car cover you choose, Remember to use the code EVERYDAY21 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com specifically for our audience. Follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com for high-quality products that keep your vehicles protected and looking their best. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Richard B. is in Florida. wants to find a classy and fun daily. Okay, good. As a bit of background, he is proudly serving in the U.S. Air Force. Thanks for your service. He's currently deployed. Richard, thank you so much. He'll be back in sunny Florida in very soon here, and he'll be interested in buying a new car. Okay. He's also a big guy at six foot one, solid two hundred and forty pounds from powerlifting and all the running and military life. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow, okay. Big guy. Got it. Okay. He spent almost five years overseas before returning to the US in twenty twenty. And during that time he's had a few cars, but can't seem to find the one for him that feels right. So he's hoping you can help. We can help. When he first came back to the States in 2020, he bought a 2015 Mustang GT. Drove for almost a year. 
But then it was having the known crunchy transmission issues. <laughs> this feels like Frosted Flakes. Now, more Yay. crunchy in milk. The Mustang GT. <laughs> that manual transmission, he says, he was engaged to be married to his now wife then. They've got two young boys, age nine and six, but he wanted something more special, practical, a sedan or wagon, but fun to drive. Mm-hmm. So he traded that Mustang for a 2018 WRX STI. Okay. After having a slew of Subarus in Japan he enjoyed, he said he thought that buying a U.S. domestic market STI would seem like the right thing. He would take to it, no And problem. yet. <laughs> but he liked it, aside from a few minor issues. He says he subscribes to our theory about tuning out of class, but he's no stranger to modifying cars. He said, but the main issue that he had with the Subaru was the lack of throttle response and torque off the line. Mm, okay, yeah, turbo. He was also annoyed with almost everyone trying to race him in commuting situations yes, thanks heard to this. that giant wing and the exhaust. <laughs> yeah. He says, as well as the stigma associated with WRXs, but he did love the, love the driving dynamics of it, especially, you know, the quality of materials when compared to the Mustang. You get it. His two young boys loved the Hot Wheels look of that WR Blue big wing car. Of course. It's a big blue car with a massive wing. This is pretty much what kids under 10 are like, I want that. <laughs> For sure. Kids over 10. I over am 10. Yeah, for sure. yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, a local Dodge dealership offered him a premium trade-in money for it. <laughs> like, unfortunately. <laughs> he was stupid enough to take it, <laughs> and he ended up in a 2020 Dodge Charger RT. Now, he loved the power and the noise of the Hemi V8. He says, yep, we know noise sells. And he cut his teeth into the car disease, helping his dad wrench on various muscle cars. Which made him think he'd love it. Uh, spoiler alert, he doesn't love it. <laughs> he said his, his deal breaker with the Charger was the seats actually were the first seats in a long time he felt like actually hurt him on a long drive. Mm. The STI didn't hurt him. The Mustang didn't hurt him. His wife Ranger didn't hurt him. But the seats on the RT Charger did hurt. And he also realized, I mean, he says he's aware that this is no surprise. But guess what? The Charger's big and <laughs> feels like it. Well, he says something about those seats left him with terrible back pain. After making road trips, they do quite a few road trips here. So he rushed to get rid of the Charger. Ended up in a 2017 Audi A4. This all happened within like a year. This is your rocketing through cars. My gosh. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you understand, Richard, my love of German build quality. Because, yeah, absolutely. You know, you experienced that Audi A4. Mm-hmm. And he loved everything about the A4, except the placement of the cup holders. Yeah, the Germans and the cup holder thing. They're still not the They're greatest. Not entirely that. understanding the monster drinks that we simply must it's have just, when we drive down the road. Why would you be drinking or eating while you're driving? That you're, doesn't you're compute. driving at high speed. We yep. just still don't get that. So his coffee mugs for work did not fit in the B9 cup holders <laughs> without interfering with everything. everything else. Yes. And he says he didn't really love the lack of sound from the two liter engine. Cup holders were the main issue. Yeah, get rid of the car because of the cup holders. I get it. Okay. So once again, he was offered an insane deal by a local Ford dealership, <laughs> traded it in on a 2020 Mustang GT. Five years newer, got it. 10-speed okay. automatic. This is his fourth Mustang. Wow. Okay. He's a fan of Mustangs Clearly. due to, part in part, nostalgia and the sounds. Mm-hmm. Yep. He does love the power. He loves the driving, driving dynamics of the Mustang, and he says the seats fit him well. But he also misses the dynamics of smaller cars like that STI mm. that he had in the A4, as well as the better interiors and the practicality offered by a there sedan things, wagon. Yes. So this is where he needs help. Their car, current car situation is his wife's 2020 Ford Ranger FX4 Crew Cab. Okay. That's the family hauler. That's the practical vehicle. And his aforementioned 2020 Mustang GT. He commutes in that, but this is also the date night car. I see it, yep. 
He says he's looking to add another vehicle to the fleet to complete their tool for the job situation. I like it. This is good thinking. His perfect stable of cars is a truck, SUV, and van for utilitarian tasks. Check. A practical sedan for most driving-related tasks. Mm -hmm. No check. (laughs) And a sports car for fun. Well, he's got that covered. Yep. His wife intends to keep the Ranger to haul the kids and do shopping and shopping for gear. And I like it. It's good. All that stuff. So he says that's a non-issue. And he wants to commute in something comfortable, fuel efficient, and most importantly, fun Mm. while retaining a sports car for events. He says the way I see it, he's got two options. Both are equally acceptable. He's going, he's going to be limited by market, not personal attachments. Fair enough. Despite this being your fourth Mustang. Yeah. Apparently you like Mustangs. Yeah. (laughs) Option one, keep the Mustang, spend up to 10 grand on a daily. He's okay. looking at things like Jetta Sport Wagons and GLIs and A4 Wagons and Lexus IS sedans. He's got a soft spot for wagons. He'd like to get another one. Okay. The other option is to spend that ten grand on a fun sports car. He said our cheap sports car videos have him inspired and given him hope. Good. Excellent. Glad like for it. that. And then trade the Mustang in on another car to act as the daily and commuter. The price limit on that option would be a hard stop $30,000. And then he says, well, okay, <laughs> for Paul, I'll go thirty five. See, you never want to mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. You don't want to like give me a hard stop and then be like, well, well kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is where he needs our expertise. He's got a good handle on what he's looking for in terms of a sports car. But what sedan or wagon would we recommend he looks at at both price points, the sub mm. 10000 and up to thirty five grand for me, thirty five polymeter. In terms of a daily, he's looking for something a nice place to be on a 30-minute commute, as well as a 10-hour road trip, reasonably fuel-efficient, 30-plus miles to the gallon on highway, mm. have enough space for two adults and two children to bring, bring weekend bags. He also prefers to, f- to drive rather than fly, because he's a car guy. They take three to five road trips a year, and he says the wife's truck can make these trips, but it's not the best place to be on these sure, trips. Sure, so. yeah, yeah. And... Fun fact, his wife gets terrible motion sickness, but she was gracious enough enough to allow them to take her on the tail of Dragon, which was nice for their honeymoon. Managed to keep the car smoothly driving enough. She didn't get sick. Fantastic. (laughs) You know, if you could come back from your honeymoon and one of the takeaways is, well, my wife never got sick. That's really a bonus. That's really, that's how you want the honeymoon to go. I'm just saying. Well, he's going to be located in Florida after the deployment ends, which is in consideration and there's a lot of things we could start off here richard with the thing that we've currently got in the everyday driver press fleet Mm -hmm. is the 2022 genesis g70 that is good just drove it today it starts at thirty seven thousand five hundred twenty five dollars the way you want to spec it is exactly the one that we have it is the 3.3 liter engine with the sport package so it's not the full premium it keeps the cost Mm -hmm. under fifty thousand dollars man what a car it's a lot of car yeah yeah, yeah. It's also $50,000. That is a problem. I was also, Richard, thinking about the TLX Type S for you or just a regular TLX, maybe. I'm just worried about space in both those cars. But, it, you know, nine and six-year-old in the back. Yeah, growing boys, though. Uh, true. Yeah, family cars. We've talked about Stingers. Mm-hmm. And you might also think about the Germans, Richard. But BMWs are going to get expensive quickly, mm-hmm. but not because of what they are, but due to size. The bigger you go in BMW land, the more expensive sure, they are of course, very yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking, like, get a 240. It'd be a fun commuter and a fun sports car. And, well, you need room for a road trip. Mm-hmm. And you really don't want to do that. So how about a 5 Series? How about an M5? And, yeah, we're, like, at $105,000. <laughs> Horrifying so levels, yes. Probably not going to work. 
So I am throwing all that out, even though I love the idea for you to have a cheap sports car in the future. And yes, please reference our videos as what works for you, because I think those cars will still always be around right around those price points. It is the wild card, but it's also the car that I want for you. Okay. And it is sell the Mustang. Okay. But I'm going to have you get another one. Whoa. Hey, what? It's the Mach-E. Oh, Interesting. I did not expect you to go there. You're on your fourth Mustang. Yeah. And you can't imagine your life without a Mustang. It's just Ooh. like the topic Tuesday we're talking about. You are selling sacrilege, my friend. I you really that. are. Wow. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> Richard, it can commute, it can do road yeah. trips. It's sort of wagony, it's got a wagony flavor. <laughs> Richard is currently lighting the pitchfork. I know. It is a pitchfork <laughs> totally. that is on fire. It keeps things all Ford. Your wife has that it Ford does. Ranger. Mm-hmm. You've got the Mustang. It keeps the all Ford garage, and it keeps Mustang, Mustang flavor for you. <laughs> Even though everybody will argue it's in name only, there are a few Mustang-ish flavor thing, flavor crystals. Mustang flavor crystals. Stirred into, is, yeah. I mean, they're just yeah. more visible than not, but nevertheless. Yes. You know the little sprinkles you get on a cupcake? That's the amount of Mustang that it has. It's sprinkles. <laughs> I've blown your budget. I've introduced you to an electric vehicle. I'm not sure if your life is ready for that, if you want to do that or not, but you're going to be in Florida Yeah. where it'll be fine. Yeah. It's not like, I, I mean, you're in a Mustang GT right now and you live in Florida. Yeah. Where do you take that? Sure. What canyon roads do you take that on? There, there, none. That's where. That's the canyon roads. That's my question. None. Yeah. You're commuting mostly, and here you are finding yourself commuting in a Mustang GT. Mm. Why don't you thought. commute in a also a Mustang with new tech, mm. and it's electric, and it's going to easily match that thirty miles per gallon. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to yeah completely upend that equation. You could do a road trip on it, but in it, but you're going to need to be, you know, strategic about where you charge. Big time, yeah. It could be fun though. It could be part of the adventure. Mm-hmm. And it will leave the door open eventually for some cheapo fun sports car. Interesting. Mustang Maki. It's still all wow. for it. Still all right. still Mustang. It's wagon flavored. I've completely wrecked your budget you've you've swung for the fence there and you've but you've really broken this open <laughs> in a new way i, I do like that that's but good. what if you're just making payments what if you get that mustang Machi gt mm. it's kind of cool yeah for sure i i could see you doing this it requires a new headspace a new commitment to both lifestyle and budget mm-hmm. i know mm-hmm. but what if i'm asking wow Richard, I am, I'm not going to push on you nearly as much as Paul. Sometimes I'm the one that brings the tough love. Paul's brought it this time, and I'm quite impressed. <laughs> all right. All wow, right. Richard. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, put the pitchfork down, buddy. It's all right. It's, <laughs> it's okay. It, douse those We're flames. All friends. We're, We're all friends. It's going to be good. Because I'm also going to say you need to sell the Mustang. Mm. You've had four. Okay? Do that to me while I'm drinking. You've, you've had four. Okay? Four. You, you've experienced them. Yes. You like them. I like that you like them. But the opportunity here is to sell the Mustang, and then I've got you focused on let's spend roughly thirty grand on a family slash commute car for you. Okay. And then let's okay. spend a little bit of money on a cheap, fun sports car. And that can come after. It doesn't have to come at the same time. doesn't have to be identical. Return. I totally agree. Yes, for sure. But I'm also thinking about the fact that you want some fun on the daily commute. You need storage and some level of space. There's going to be a lot of space. You're talking about your family of four, and you said weekend bags. You're not packing for you know the vacation movies here. Yeah, so that's right, good. So, right. so that gives us a lot more flexibility into hatchbacks, and you like hatchbacks. So that's good. I'm also thinking about the fact you like that German build quality. Let me see if I can check all the boxes here. Ooh. 
for your family fund. For 30 card. grand? No, 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 oh. no. 30 grand plus the 10 for the fund card. This okay, is where I'm okay. going to check all, all right. of his parameters, wow. try to cover it all in 40 grand. For your family fund car, either a used Kia Stinger GT, which I think is your car. That's a brilliant car. Yeah. Because you're going to find the space that you need front and back, and you've got a hatch to work with. That's true. Stinger GT. Now, that's not great on gas mileage because you're going to want the decent engine. I get that. I and you're going to be driving like a hooligan. So, yeah. But the Kia Stinger is going to shock you. It, I, I stand by that. It's going to shock you. So Kia Stinger GT. A Mach-E will shock you. There is that as it's well. It's funny. It's, come on. It's Thank funny. Thank you for that. Okay. So Kia Stinger GT is my first choice. My second choice for you in the same category is a little bit smaller, but I think you'd like it every bit as much or more, and that is get yourself a Mazda 3 Turbo. Oh, I think you're going to have enough space for your family of four. I think the build quality that you're wanting for the interior that has that German-style build quality, go check out that Mazda. You're going to love the build quality and the feel of that. That is an incredibly fun car to just drive by yourself on a cloverleaf. It's just a fun car. Good power, good handling, (laughs) but yet it's a fun little hatchback. You want to drive cross-country in that thing, you're going to get decent gas mileage. As long as all you guys can fit, because again, you're talking family of four and weekend bags. That's what that car. Think the kids can fit in the back. Yes, yes, comfortably. I mean, yes, grown boys. They're going to have more space than they would in the Genesis G70. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's true. Uh, Yeah, the shoulder room is a bit more in the Genesis, but the leg room is. Yeah, I think I think the boys will be okay in that when you're actually taking road trips. Here's the thing: I think that Mazda three turbo, you would all like it much more on a road trip than you do your wife's Ford Ranger. Yeah. If you need the yeah. space, it's Kia G- GT. But if you want to, if you want actually to have something that is a little more fun and better gas mileage on the daily, and then you can still do the road trips, and I think it's Mazda three turbo for you. Ooh. And then this leaves you roughly ten grand for a cheap fun sports car. <laughs> Here's where you check the German box. Okay. Okay. Look at our cheap sports car challenge. But I think the two for you are either a old Boxster or an old BMW Z3 or Z4. Because Love those Z3s. They're the Z3 and Z4, they're both great. They're great for different reasons. As we talked about ad nauseum in those pieces. I mean, please go watch those two two episodes, the $8,000 one, and then, and then we break it down to the top five, yeah, yeah, which is really, really fun. I think a Boxster or a Z3, Z4, because here's the thing. You're going to get all that German build quality that you like. You're going to get the small dynamic car that you want for the fun date nights out. It's not going to have a big V8 growl. It's going to have a very different feel. But the Z3, Z4 has a straight six. That's interesting. Yeah. And the Boxster... Yeah. Has a flat six. Also interesting. You didn't buy some totally, weird mundane totally. engine in either one of those. And because they are your cheap, fun date night car or fun car, if something needs to be fixed on it right now, it doesn't have to be right now. That German maintenance thing that can get scary, it's not your daily. Deferred. You can defer. We deferred for a whole year with our German cars. <laughs> and then so we just gave them away. We, we did. We did. Them, but, but, you know. but you can deal with that because you didn't spend a ton of money on it, and it isn't the car that has to work on Monday. It's a and great I point. I don't think either one point. of those are going to be money pits that are going to constantly break down. to get to the down. restaurant and back home. Yeah. And if it dies after that, fine. I don't, and I don't think they're going to be super problematic anyway. But I am saying if you have a problem with one of those, it's not like, I can't believe I'm spending so much money on this car, and I can't believe I have to get that fixed so I can get to work on Monday. None of that matters. So this That's is my true. suggestions for That's you, Richard. True. Let's do the $30,000 commute fun family car and the $10,000 Boxster or Z3, Z4, and congratulations. Enjoy those cars. And don't have a Mustang for a bit. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's no money. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is important. 
This applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all of the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. I know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss a deal on that perfect car. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. Lots of great questions as always. Thank you guys. Many of you were asking on the live stream, the 650th podcast, where do I ask car questions? And I'm going to say it again, any podcast, but those <laughs> it's all car questions <laughs> right, all the time. Right. We do love that. I'm going to start here with Bob McCormick. He says, if nine and three is the best position for sports car driving, why do many sports cars have spokes directly at nine and three? So he can't comfortably hold the wheel in those two positions. It depends on the way you're holding the wheel. We've all been taught that you hang on to the wheel like you do the rope in gym class. That's how, you know, you, you, you put <laughs> okay. your entire hand around it and you yeah. grip real tight. It's not really how you drive. Watch, watch race drivers. They don't drive that way. They don't have this big white knuckle, all my fingers are wrapped around. True. What typically happens is the palm of your hand is resting at nine and three. Mm-hmm. It's resting. It's pushing against the wheel at nine and three. And your fingers, typically your, your, like your top two fingers, your index finger, and your middle finger are the ones that are actually curling around the wheel just a little bit. There's, there's a, there's a light touch there to shift the paddle. Mm-hmm. And they only do that when they're shifting the rest of the time, their fingers are off the paddles and they're steering. They're so, driving. So that's the thing. You don't have to grip the wheel. And I think if, if you take that approach, like I, my Lotus and the Z car are both this way where I can be at nine and three with my hand kind of vaguely open. It's like mm-hmm. resting on the wheel and, and, and gripping as necessary. I think that's the way it's intended to work. And if you watch a lot of race drivers, you'll watch they've got pretty light hands, and they have a tendency to do that. Ryan C. says, what if we were able to buy and then 3D print cars so we can all have amazing bodies of the legends and excitement rather than the bulbous bodies of mini utes that bore us to tears? So were we putting nice bodies on CUVs? Is this what this thinking is? Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. This idea has been thought about and considered and tried in theory, and it seems like a great idea. Have you ever bought a reversible belt? (laughs) Do you own a a reversible jacket? Mm. Do you have shoes that can convert to other types of shoes? And have you ever bought bedroom furniture for your kids that grows with them from infant to teen, and it turns it from a crib into a desk later on in life? (laughs) Somebody was pretty excited about designing that, I have to say. Yeah. All of those grows with you and it's reversible and they're all compromised. Mm. Every bit Mm. of it is compromised. I've ranted about this before, but I (laughs) want my shoes to be my shoes. I want my jacket to go on one way. The end. If I buy a desk, it doesn't do anything else but desk. It just sits there and desks. You know what this does well? Be a desk. It's just a desk. A chair, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't transform. It doesn't recline. It's just a chair. The end. And that's because you're sort of insinuating about this skateboard platform Mm -hmm. to be able to do that, which is explicitly what we don't want because then it's purely driven by style. If we all buy the single skateboard platform that does it all and we have it the rest of your life, maybe when you turn 16, here's your skateboard platform. You'll keep it until you die. Here's your skateboard. Take care of it. Battery (laughs) replacements are every decade. Yes. And you just buy the different bodies or yeah, we buy an industrial additive machine, giant Mm -hmm. 3d printer in our garage and it just prints the bodies. First of all, what happens to the bodies that you don't like and they turned out a little weird? Is that Craigslist? <laughs> Opal GT with a Ferrari front end. And what is that? An did, Opal Rari. Did, did the printer go haywire right there on the fender? Because that doesn't look OEM. 
what do you do with those bodies after you're done? You throw mm-hmm. them away, so you add to the landfill, fine. Mm-hmm. But then they don't drive like those original cars do. They'd all drive the same with different bodies. Exactly right. It'd be the bad driving sims that you've done where every car drives the same, but the surroundings look different. There's a company that does this. They're called Canoe. They're predicating their <laughs> entire business model canoe. on Canoe. Hi. Okay. Yeah, Canoe. I don't think it's a great idea because of the reasons I said. I, it, it will make all these cars drive the same. They won't be special yeah. in their yeah. own right. And there will be no sound. Even, let's say, an internal combustion engine platform. What platform is that mm. to be able to swap car bodies like this? It seems... Oh, yeah, let's do that. The Nissan NX Pulsar, I think, yeah, did Pulsar this. Yeah, Pulsar NX. Pulsar NX. pickup version. It had the Kip Coupe version. It had the whatever. Yeah. How, did you change out on the weekends? Uh, I don't know that you did. Nope. Nope, you didn't. You didn't invest in the wagon hatchback version of the sedan that you bought. You just ultimately didn't care anymore. You picked one, yeah. You Interesting point. The one you liked, and that is it. It sounds fabulous, but it almost destroys the nature of those beautiful, amazing legends. Mm, That's interesting. Harvey writes in and says, better daily driver with some road tripping. The two cars we love. This is almost track daily crush style dilemma. The ND2 Miata RF or the upcoming 2286 chassis. He specifically calls out the BRZ, which would be better for a daily driver and some road tripping. My question is, are you taking anybody with you and how much stuff is going? (laughs) Because that quickly decides it. If you're taking very much stuff and you have passenger or passengers, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say you need to go with the 86 chassis. If it's you daily driving and doing road tripping, then the RF would be phenomenal. But it is a genuinely very small car. So if you are going to road trip in that car, we know people that have done it. We know people that have done it. But you have to talk about planning. And also talk about really liking your passenger because you're going to be close quarters. It's very similar to doing so in my Lotus so are you a person, Harvey, that would daily drive a road trip a Lotus? That kind of thinking is what we're talking about that would make you love that Indy too. Otherwise, I think it's 86. I think you need to touch on the Hollywood question from Revs Up, who says maybe this would be a topic Tuesday, but who do we know that knows people in Hollywood or you know, wherever? What if we mm-hmm. recruited famous people to say SUV and CUVs are boring? <laughs> I want to drive a real car and they show off their sports cars. And that would be sort of like a save the manuals campaign, but even more focused on saving great handling sports cars to make driving cool again. Who of our TV and YouTube friend list would we enlist? And what famous mm. people would we draft and enlist to help make driving cool again? This is hard. Because Hollywood. You, you do have those people, the Jay Leno's, Kevin Hart's known for his car collection. There are folks in Hollywood that are known for major car collections. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld springs to mind. There's a lot of people that have had, granted, he's all Porsches, but there's a lot of people in Hollywood <laughs> yeah. that are known for their car collections. Yeah. But it's becoming less of a thing. I'm going to tie this to another question in a minute. But what's, what's interesting is if you think back into the 60s, having a car in Hollywood was a status thing, and you had a car that other people didn't. True. Okay. True. It's becoming less of a thing now. What what car a celebrity drives is probably less important than it's ever been. Think about I, I mentioned James Dean, and you think Porsche that he died in. Right. Okay. Right. I, I mentioned um, pick your Hollywood star from the '60s. Okay. Rita Hayworth had a custom yeah. bodied. Uh, Cadillac that's at the Peterson that is one of the coolest looking Cadillacs I've ever seen. Yeah. And every time I see that car, I just think, what an atom bomb to the evening in Hollywood it was for Rita Hayworth to pull up in that and get out. That the whole, whole world era. had to stop. Yeah, the whole era of actors and actresses mm-hmm. from the 60s and 50s and 
they pulled up in the you know Clark Gable or yes. whoever pulled yes. up in that custom coachwork thing. So that era is behind us. And it also spins with this reality. There is a segment of Hollywood that aligns with the segment of the world that is looking at cars as the great evil. Okay. So okay. you would have to, and I hate to say it this way, but in order for a Hollywood star to do this, they would have to be aligning themselves with cars are good. And we all listening to this podcast like cars and cars are good. But they would, they would be taking a stand on one side of an issue. And there are a lot of stars in Hollywood that are not going to take a stand on many issues unless it's vitally important to them because they're worried about offending a segment of their base. Sure. So sure. We, we're talking about a very different world than we used to have, which brings me to a question that was actually asked. Wade actually asked on Facebook. He said, does the anti-car movement bother us? I'm not sure what exactly you're asking here. Are you asking about a specific thing? But I will say this. Look, I know that cars right now are in some ways the great evil. Okay, they are the polluters. It's why we're discussing electric cars. But cars aren't alone in pollution. That's first off. Mm-hmm. But they are an easy target because we see them all. We're around them all the time. Sure. You don't see shipping in shipping lanes. You don't see the, right. the exhaust of an aircraft. You don't, I mean, there's lots of transportation that does this. It's just the car's the one we all know. Right. Right. So that makes it easy. Uh, Wade, the, the best way I can think of to say this is this. Paul and I love cars and love driving. And I feel like if people really, really hate cars, there may be political things behind it. But all I'm interested in is, honestly, have you ever really had a good experience in a car? True. Because if you've never actually had a great road trip moment or a great car driving dynamic moment, there's a lot about cars that just seem like they're clogging up our world. I get it. When I meet people that are anti-car, let's just say for whatever reason, my questions are almost always along the lines of what not what don't you like about a car, but have you ever had a really cool experience with a car? Because you might that's, not have. That's fair. That's totally fair. You know, And it doesn't mean that I need to hate cars like you do or you need to love cars like I do. I, that's not important to me. Mm-hmm. But let's mm-hmm. find a common ground in fun experiences. And hopefully, let's say they don't like cars, never had a fun experience. What's an experience they had that I can relate to and I can then connect that to why I like cars? Okay, you like this thing that you do for these reasons. I like cars for similar reasons. It's a conversation. I don't feel like I have to take a stand on the discussion. Mm, sure. But that brings me back to the Hollywood thing. If you show up in a car and say cars are awesome, you're taking a stand. <laughs> Fair enough. Revs up if all the people from Hollywood, actors and actresses, are coerced into doing that. Will you believe them? Mm. They play make-believe for a reason, to get paid. Yes. And so I, I enjoy being entertained, mm. and I want to see the movie, whatever that is, but then if do you feel like they would be disingenuous and saying cars are cool and don't buy us? Well, at that point, cars are out of it. They're just famous mouthpieces and they can like, as Todd said, whatever they want to like in real life. They'll, they'll like, they don't like cars. They do like cars. Fine. And whatever cars end up being, as I tell, hopefully every fan that we meet, Everybody has a relationship to a car. Yep. Whether yep. you like it or dislike it, you've probably ridden in one, most likely driven a car. Yeah, yeah. And so you can relate to a car. Mm-hmm. You understand what they do. And there's a lot to be said for that personal mobility that gets you from a place where you are to another place of your choosing at the exact time <laughs> and the exact speed that you choose mm-hmm. with only your stuff. And only your friends, or maybe it's just you. 
human beings like that a lot. We do. We do. It's yeah. hard to give up. That's less of an addiction and more of just what humans like. And that's how we, we want to be catered to. We want to have operate. some luxury. Yeah, for sure. So to be anti-car. Okay. There's, I've noticed there's plenty of cities and I'm fascinated by city concepts. There's at least a couple of them now that I have read about and I'm intrigued that are completely no cars and they're being built as utopias and there's no cars allowed. And okay. Amazing. That could really work and it could be really amazing place to live. Mm -hmm. How are all your goods and services going to supply the city? Tell me again, how all this stuff is going to solve that too. Two and all the waste and refuse is going to get out of your city. How is that going to work? I'm just asking really big scooters with, with little <laughs> big scooters. <laughs> They've got little trailers on the back. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's trains, you know, okay, fine. Yeah. We can, yeah, yeah. we can debate that all day long, but I think, all right, but for the rest of us who do like cars for that personal driving feeling comes back to what Todd is saying about, we just love driving, driving in and in and of itself when there's no other cars around and you get to choose at what speed and you, you know what you're doing, it taps into your skill set yeah, and what yeah. you like doing. It's a pleasurable thing. It's fun. Yeah. Driving is fun. It's not fun in the commute. It's not fun slogging through traffic. It's not. Traffic drives me up a wall. I'm not good in traffic. I, <laughs> not good, but we could talk about this a long time, but it ultimately it comes down to you know, saving driving. Driving is fun. Geese1RBM writes in and says he's considering picking up a Camaro SS, interesting and good choice, with the 1LE package. Yes, get it with that. In the next year or so, and he, he thinks it's a new experience he'd like to have. He's never had an American V8, and he's heard, and you've heard right, that the 1LE cars handle incredibly well. But his question is, give me a frame of reference here. Hmm. Do they handle well full stop? Do they just handle well compared to what people think a an actual muscle car should be? Do they just handle well compared to the Mustang and the Challenger? He said, okay, let's throw it down here. How does it fare compared to the 86 or the Miata? Gase, I'm going to say this to you. I think the Camaro SS is going to shock you with its capability. I think you're going to be astounded by how well it handles. Yeah. Yeah. Not because it's a muscle car, because it handles well and that's the end. It just handles well. And I don't think you're going to be like, yeah, you know what? This handles well for a huge non-handling car. I don't think it's going to be that at all. You're just going to be like, wow, I can't believe this car does that. Having said that, comparing it to the 86 or the Miata, it's always going to feel much bigger than those cars. Mm -hmm. And I'm not equating that means it handles worse. It's just you're not going to be get away from the difference in scale that you're going to feel behind the wheel. But I think that the 1LE package is never going to let you down on handling prowess. Did we cover Nathan Kowals' question yet about uh, 987 Cayman versus a 2022 GR86 or BRZ, Mm. which are very similar in weight and power? Mm -hmm. Is there any reason to shop the 987 and pay the Porsche tax when it comes to repairs? Wow, Nathan, how are you, man? That's a question. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, You know what we should do? Is that a TV episode? I think we need to put those cars together and have that conversation. Because he's saying yeah. 987, so he's saying equivalent money here. He's not saying I'm going to go out and buy a new Cayman. Right, right. He's saying I want to spend equivalent money. Do I buy a used Cayman or a new 86? That is a fascinating discussion point. That would be discussed ad nauseum because, Nathan, I cannot give you a definitive answer yeah. sitting here. I agree. And I won't. And they're both so good. We both know them to be both so good. That it's not like we can sit here and go, oh, yeah, well, one of them is a... Yes, I cannot claim that. Mm -hmm. I like the GR86 so much. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I love Caymans, but I can't say 
definitively, that's hard. That that yeah. takes some exploration. That the, takes the, some... the twenty eight to thirty thousand dollar used Cayman Whoa. versus the twenty eight to thirty thousand dollar new eighty six. <laughs> and you can... is a great conversation. I love yes. it. Yes, and you could argue, well, there's a Porsche tax at the end because of repairs. It might be worth it. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> absolutely right. Maybe not. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like it up front. It doesn't yeah. at face value. It doesn't sound that way. You know, extra dollars to have a level of fun not really but maybe wow that's i like that tough to answer right off the bat josh writes in and goes hang on hang on I, I, what if you found i think josh found uh julia quadrifolio 2018 with 12,000 miles for under $44,000 a quadrifolio he said is this a no brainer or too good to be true josh why haven't you bought this car yet <laughs> I, honestly man i mean is there what you don't tell us is anything about it is there something wrong with it how has it been maintained but 12,000 miles on a quadrifolio 44 grand does it ha- pull the carfax and see here's here's a trick on carfax pull the carfax and see if it's been returned to dealer multiple times for the same issue right right sometimes if people have new cars it has a recurring issue and if it has something like that then maybe it's a walk away but my suspicion is buy that car, get a heavy-duty battery for it. Because we've had a few owners that have told us that the solve for any random gremlins on that car was a heavy-duty, high-current battery. Hmm. Get a heavy-duty battery mm-hmm. and tell us how much you're cackling behind the wheel. Because I think it's going to be a lot. <laughs> Olalea Jason Grady says, how do you decide how much performance you need? It seems that fast only works for a while, and there aren't many curves at the southern tip of Lake Michigan. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) This is true. Yeah. Okay. And when six cylinder Hondas and Toyotas breathe just as deeply as C4 generation Corvettes, he's not sure what is the point sometimes. Mm, We debate this exact same thing. Power is not the answer. I know that's sacrilege, (laughs) but I'm putting it out there. It's not. And the reason is that little word need. It isn't about need. Because if we decide based on need, none of us need power. (laughs) That, That little. Three-cylinder normal Fiesta is probably going to get you where you need to go. It's going to do just fine. It's going to do a turbocharged little engine, do fine in the mountains, Mm -hmm. do fine on a commute, get you good gas mileage. It really comes down to want. Mm -hmm. And want is what sells cars. And car manufacturers know this. This is why we went through the German horsepower wars of the mid-2000s. I don't think we're done, but yes, I agree with you. We're clearly not done. And the reason it will continue into electric cars. If you think we've got powerful cars now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Wait till a thousand horsepower electric car is the baseline of. Like, why aren't you offering oh, a thousand? Cute. <laughs> Did you not like make middle manager? Did you not hear the starting gun? Were you asleep that day? What happened? You yeah. only could afford the thousand horsepower car because mine's got two thousand. Yeah. Do you need that? Do we need to sell electric cars predicated upon how fast your phone hits your kid in the face in the back seat? <laughs> Look, honey, I'm going to do it again, Dad. Yeah. Not again. You're Not showing again. All I've your already friends. got my head already hurts. <laughs> it says apple on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't about need. It's about what we want. Mm-hmm. And of course, what part of the planet you live on. Because in the Midwest, not a whole lot of curves. Unless yeah. you're autocrossing or tracking on a regular basis. Yeah, that acceleration is phenomenal. And I need power. Well, no, I guess I actually want that kind of power. When it comes to canyon driving, do you do you need a lot of power? No, I admit that, even though I want power, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's so much more satisfying to hold your speed in a low-power car and yeah. connect your corners and do better than somebody in a high-horsepower anything 
That's why Miatas are so magical. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they come around, they circle you, they, you get them on the straights and then they pass you and then they work their way around the track and suddenly you look in your rearview mirror like, what? He's back. How, how is that Miata fa- mm-hmm. No. I'm going to leave him again. Then it comes around. Dee, 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 dee. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Comes around all the turns and chews on you again. Like, what? Where? How am I? Why do I suck this badly? <laughs> I have a powerful car. What's wrong yep. with me? Yep. You're right. That's why they're so magical. So it really does come down, down to need. Well, sorry, want. And then, uh, you know, when it comes to offering horsepower connected to noise, then that's what sells cars. Yeah. AMG Mercedes knows this. Thank you all for your fantastic questions. We do appreciate it. Keep them coming. Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and most of all, your car debates to everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. And as always, we are looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>